So today's guest is no stranger to the podcast, and I had the benefit of knowing that just a couple of weeks after this podcast was recorded, um, I got the news that he was able to negotiate with his employer to pretty much get his entire year's salary for just working 10 hours a week so that he can invest in real estate uh, full time. What's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms, and I'm the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. If you're not familiar with W2 Capitalist, we are a resource for 30 to 40 year old married men and women who want to be more present both mentally and physically with their spouse and their children and help put them on a path toward building generational wealth. Personally, I want to be the guy that helps you remove the stress and anxiety that comes with financially providing for your family. Before we get into today's episode, huge shout out to Sling ESPN. That's Sling ESPN for the raving review uh, and rating on iTunes. That's both all the stars and the comment that they left on iTunes for us. Sling ESPN says, great content. Love the unique perspective for investors that still love their jobs. Many people use investing as their quote unquote escape from the rat race, but I love that this is a, has a focus shift on how to invest while still being a high performer in the corporate world. Thanks for the content. That's that's my uh, explanation of an exclamation point. Or anyway, thank you for that, Sling ESPN. I love that username, by the way. I wish I knew your real name. I could give you a shout out for that. But add, thank you for that. Thank you for that review as it helps getting the show out to more people. And if you haven't left a rating and review just yet, it only takes about two minutes to do so. And I will be forever grateful for you doing that. The more of you that rate and review the show, the more people are going to get to help hear this and they're going to help uh, build their wealth just as well. Speaking of building wealth, have you ever taken a minute to total up just how much you pay in finance charges to banks and credit card companies, mortgages, student loans, cars, vacations, et cetera, you name it, right? If you do that, you're going to see that in your lifetime, this can easily add up to hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. That's hundreds of thousands or possibly even millions of dollars that you can be putting to work for you right now. And then you pass those earnings to your kids when the time comes. What am I talking about here? This sounds too crazy, right? I'm talking about a concept called bank on yourself. Mark Willis is the guy to understand this wealth building strategy. And that's why I've partnered with Mark, not only as a sponsor of the podcast, but also my agent to bank on yourself. At the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a link to connect with Mark for a free 15 minute consultation to discover if the bank on yourself, create your own source of financing strategy is right for you. For now, let's get into today's episode with Mr. Adam Zock. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Adam Zock is a father, husband, a W-2 engineer, single family buy and hold investor, 
W2 Capitalist Mastermind member, also W2 Capitalist Mastermind VP, which means he leads our single family buy and hold mastermind sessions. And you can find out more information about that at w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. He is also co-founder of setyourrent.com. Let's bring him in. Adam, welcome to the show. <laughs> well, glad to be here. Thanks for having me again. Man, so last time you were here, uh, we recorded a few weeks before the show was publicized on uh, or published on October the 27th. Here we are recording December 22nd. You got a bit of a news uh, update you want to share with us about W2 and kind of where, where your world's at right now. So tell us, tell us kind of what's going on, man. Yeah, I was fortunate enough, um, even amidst COVID and all of this, to be able to put in my notice at work. Nice. And for those, for those of you who are investing so that you can exit the W2 world, you're listening to two guys right now who uh, have been able to do that. It doesn't have to be your, your passion. A lot of people that they just want to build their wealth. But if you want to invest so that you can leave your W-2, uh, just like Cindy Byler, Cindy was on the podcast um, a couple of weeks ago. She did the exact same thing. So Adam, how did you do this? How did you, how did you, and how was it talking to your boss? How was it talking to your boss about putting the notice in? Sure. I mean, it started with a plan, a 10 year plan. That was, that was always the goal. Like I, I got coached pretty early to make sure that I'm still giving work the better end of the deal and to not just mail it in until they essentially fire you and let you go. And I thought yeah. that that was great advice just from an integrity standpoint. And yeah. I know some people hate work so much that they're like, I'm not like, I owe them nothing. And you know, this isn't a great relationship, but luckily I had a pretty good relationship. And so when I did put in the notice and talked with the boss, it was, you know, complete surprise. And then at, at not much surprise other than that, you know, they offered say, what would it take for you to go part-time? In which case, then you're kind of at some negotiation standpoint. So that's, that's where we're currently at where it's, you know, now I have the option because it is good terms. If they say, Hey, what would it look like if you worked five hours a week or 10 hours a week? And then that's kind of the, the current situation where I told them initially, no. And now if it's like, well, if either the price is right, or it fits into the flexibility, you know, maybe, maybe taking that opportunity. But I think yeah. the biggest thing was starting with a, a plan like, yeah, this is going to be 2029 and here it is 2020, <laughs> you know, of when this is going to happen. Well, I, I, t I think, you know, you're on to something with the uh, setyourrent.com that you have going on there. And every time you and I talk, uh, every time you, every time you come in the mastermind call, you're like, well, I got another one we're about to close on is schedule closings, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I feel like he's now just rubbing it, right. Rubbing it right in the wound, <laughs> salt in the wound kind of thing. I do have a closing today, by the way, that's where I'm going after this. Fantastic. We're, we're selling one. We're not, we're not buying hmm. anything, but it's, it's my first time to be an actual, um, seller, uh, where we're doing forced, um, owner financing. Nice. So I've learned a lot and I imagine the next several months I'll be learning even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I know when, when people, you know, like, well, you, what I could maybe say, Hey, I'm doing a closing every now and then. And then when you come in, like, Hey, I closed a 42 unit. I'm like, Oh, well that's, that's, that's like 42 of mine. <laughs> right. And so you, well, you kind of swing, swing more than the, than the singles that I try to try to hit out over here. Yeah. But those are so few and far between. I, I told somebody the other day that, you know, on, um, we're, we're about to sell our 42 unit. I think it's, it's under contract. It's going through due diligence. 
Uh, matter of fact, our closing date was supposed to be a few weeks ago, but then we had this hurricane that came in late in the season, did some damage, and now the um, insurance and bank are trying to figure out, do we want to fix it before we make the trade or whatever? So luckily I have some really, really good partners on that, and I'm not <clears throat> involved in that process at all. Um, I'm just kind of waiting for them to tell me when to show up. Uh, I kind of hope it's next year from a tax perspective, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you know, and those are those are few and far between. And I, I I've talked about this in the mastermind a little bit. How I'm going to transition. I keep saying transition. I don't mean transition. Multifamily is never going to go away because, I mean, what we're about to close on is it's going to be really good. I mean, I'll make two years salary and one. I mean, it's and you know one transaction. So it's almost like why would you stop doing that? But deals are so few and far between now. It's like. I was having this conversation. I can't remember who I was having this conversation with, but it was one of those things where either I have really improved my circle to where everybody in my circle is now as a syndicator or some sort of investor, or it's investing has just become so popular that everybody and their brother's a syndicator, you know? And I'm like, why are you guys buying this? What do you know that I don't know? Because I see transactions that I think happen. At least people are boasting about them happening. And I, I know somewhat of been on the deal how much they're getting them for, what kind of, what they're paying for these properties. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. How do you, how are you guys going to make money? It's very, to me right now, multifamily is very speculative. So to land this plane, what I'm trying to say is next year or 2021, my focus is my priority is going to be on uh, single family again, single family, small multifamily. So am I cutting out? And I think everyone, it, it happened there just for a second, uh, but I think you're back now. Okay. You couldn't, couldn't go. I, I want one, one thing I might add onto the, uh, if, if I could back on the, on the boss thing, cause I don't know that I did that due diligence um, enough or, or, or gave it enough was I think I had a lot of fear of putting or telling them like I held off, held off. And I've been thinking about doing it for years <clears throat> and yeah. until you get, <clears throat> excuse me, to a, to a certain point where you like had a certain percent of your income do you really want to like show your cards? Cause I feel like if yeah. I had told them, Hey, I'm going part-time. I feel like you just get a new stamp on your back being like, well, short timer here. Let's just drive them into the ground. And I don't know if that was the case, but I wanted to be pretty clear that when I walked in there, it wasn't like a, Hey, it's, it's uh, I'm thinking about this. It's like, Hey, this, this happened and I'm committed. This happened. This happened overnight, by the way, Mr. Boss, uh, if you didn't know this or not. I'm independently wealthy. I no longer need your paycheck. So yeah, <laughs> no, I know you didn't. I know you didn't. Uh, I imagine, I don't know. I don't know how the conversation went, but I imagine you didn't deliver it like that. It, it's funny. And I hear what you're saying and uh, advice to anybody and everybody out there. My experience uh, is if your boss doesn't know, your boss doesn't need to know. Uh, there's you know, I, I heard a story earlier today and I was like, you know what? Bosses are humans too. <laughs> like I almost started empathizing with the boss about, um, it, you know, it was something again, I can't remember who I was talking to, but basically it was like, they're, they don't want to tell their boss because they're afraid their boss is how their boss is going to react. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Don't tell them. Now, if you're interviewing for a new position or a new company, with a new company, then straight up front during the interview process, tell them this is what you do on the side. So you can no longer be fearful that there's no target on your back, so to speak. And, you know, the person I was talking to while we were talking and I was like, you know what, here's one thing that I haven't really thought about that I may lean on the, and a lot of people probably gonna hate me for this, but 
By the way, I don't know if you can hear that or not, but our our lawn guy shows up to cut the grass right now. Like, it, I don't know what he's doing here. It's dead. <laughs> anyway, he just went by the window. Um, but it's one of those things where I'm like, most bosses are so tied up in their world building their business that they can't fathom that their employee is an expert in anything else other than what they pay them to do. So a lot of bosses are shocked, right? To, oh, shit, Adam knows how, how to do this. Adam knows how to invest in real estate. Adam knows how to put people together from people who can't buy versus people who have money that want to lend on it. It's a, you know, and they're just like blown away. And I think the initial reaction for most bosses is, um, this son of a gun's been moonlighting on me and not doing his job. Anyway, they're, they're upset. Anyway, uh, I can talk about that for hours. Let's not do that today. <laughs> <laughs> Anywhere you want to go. Uh, we do have some questions, man. And, and, uh, from the community. So this isn't ask me anything. And, um, episode, I did not say that when, when I hit record and we were talking, I'm going to go back and do the intros in the outros and all that afterwards. So, um, but we do have some, some questions from the community. Uh, and if you can find that community at w2capitalist.com forward slash community. And the first one kind of goes along with you leaving your W2. Uh, and this is a question from John uh, Lim. I hope I'm saying your last name right, John. Uh, what is your why? That's a, that's a really good question. And I wish that I had like, Hey, it's, it's faith, it's family. It's, it's, you know, whatever the yeah. best that I could describe it is growth. And it is my personal opinion that, you know, so although, you know, faith and family are extremely important to me, I relate it back to the story of the talents where like, I've been given so much that it is my responsibility to do something with it, whether that's contribution, whether that's, you know, making the world a better place. And so for me, I'm always looking to do something more. And I feel like if I, when I stop doing that, that's when I stop doing, or that's when I start doing a disservice to myself and my family and everyone around me. And so right now I am, I am in fact addicted to growth where mm. I, I can't just kind of stay steady, which is, you know, probably a vice in and of itself. But yeah. for me, it is making sure that whatever in whatever area of life that I am, that I'm growing right now. And and if that turns into something else in the future, which I'm I'm sure it it may, you know, a year or five years from now, right now it's just making sure that every area that I'm doing, <clears throat> I'm looking to do better. Yeah. Um, so sorry, I just got text. It distracts me and I'm I meant to turn that off. Being addicted to growth, I, I know what you're talking about because I'm seeing some of that in the mastermind right now. We're getting like a one new member a week and it's been pretty exciting. I'm like, oh yeah, let's keep going. Let's keep growing this. Uh, but you're talking, are you talking more about personal growth, financial growth? Like what are you, what are you growing toward? I guess I sure. should say. So for me, it, it breaks down into the different areas of my life where if I'm looking to become a better practicing Catholic, what does growth look like? If that's better prayer, if that's going to confession once a week, if it's for family, is it okay? Making sure that my wife's love tank is an eight or higher. You know, if I'm using the engineering score, or if it's making sure that I <laughs> that I have my, my, you know, whether it's two hours dedicated every day with my family as kind of the standard. And then for business, is it the number of people that we've created homeowners, and where it's health? You know, there's maybe some key performance indicators with you know um, cholesterol and blood tests and how fast I can run a five k. 
And so for me, it's kind of like, okay, here's the standard of where we're starting 2020. And for me, um, there's maybe a couple of things that I want to maintain or make sure they don't drop below a certain level. But otherwise, it's every area of my life, I kind of have a measure of where I want to continue to grow. And if I'm not doing that, I feel like I'm I'm uh, falling short. And whether that's true yeah. or not, that, that's how I view it. How do you how do you juggle all that though? How do you juggle those five different areas? Because I was uh, listening to um, uh, Matthew McConaughey's new book Green Light, and he talks about how the he's got these different areas in his life, and he made this statement of you know because um, he's a family guy, he's got a wife, several kids, uh, several I think he has two or three, um, but he he talks about making at one point in time he realized he looked up and he said, all right, I've been making the deposits in the business world of McConaughey, but not on the family side of McConaughey and, and delivering it the way only he can deliver it. And so he, at that point, he, it, and he was running like a, um, four or five different companies, uh, that all had to do with promoting his brand. And he called his, as uh, I don't know, his CEO or whoever it was and said, all right, we're shutting down. And he started naming off of a couple of businesses. And he was like, I'm only going to focus on acting. I'm not going to do the publishing. I'm not doing the producing all this stuff. And he started shutting these things down because he realized he was not making the deposits in the family side. That he was, and that really spoke to me because I'm not, I'm this, I don't know what level he was at, but it really resonated with me where I'm like, yeah, I have been making huge deposits in the uh, investing and running the business side of the world, not so much on the family side. Right. <clears throat> so how do you keep those? And this, this is a question for me. So I want to know, how do you, how do you keep those juggling those different balls so that uh, one of them's less likely to be dropped. I equate that to maybe only having three hats the last three years. I was okay. either an engineer, I was a family man, or I was in real estate. And I really didn't do anything else except for those three. So I think I sacrificed a lot on like the TV or friends, which sometimes can get you a little bit in a mental funk when you you know don't celebrate or you're really that addicted to something. And yeah. so the daily habits were into, you know, the miracle morning. It was making sure I was spending time with family, making sure it was real estate or I was doing my job and really trying to eliminate everything else. And I, I certainly struggled with that on making everything a priority of, you know, what truly is the number one of the day, because it can kind of get uh, jostled up. But if that's waking up early, if that's spending extra time and then really having the flexibility at work or kind of seeing some of the fruits pay off in real estate to get some time back was, was huge. I want to go back to something you said earlier. Um, I love that. I love how you narrowed it down to just three hats because sometimes I I lose sight of that because like right now, you know, we're, um, the weather's pretty nice. It's not too cold. It's never too cold in Florida, I don't think. Um, but we've been taking these breaks and just saying, all right, the whole family, let's go outside and we'll run around for maybe 30 minutes. And before I would, I was like, I don't have time to do that. I've got so much to do. My wife would poke fun. I'm like, yeah, you're so busy. You know, and I'm like, I, I kind of am. I, I don't think you understand, but I'm not so busy to take 30 minutes and go run around in the yard and come back in breathing heavy and <laughs> hence the 75 hard. That's why we're doing that. Uh, but you said something earlier about you had a 10 year plan and you were not going to exit the W2 world in 2020 until 2029. So let me get this straight. You started investing in 2019. So I didn't start till 2017. And so I think my number should have been 2027 when I officially gotcha. started. Cause that's, that's when we started to scale. And it's like, okay, if you can get 
two properties a year, every year for 10 years, almost like the millionaire real estate investor yeah. suggests. It's like, okay, I think this is doable in 10 years. I think we can get two properties. And then it was like one the first year, six the next year, and then like 12 the next year, um, how it just kind of took off. So does that mean you're going to do 24 next year? It's two a month? Uh, you know what? That was, That's a great goal. As we get into the, to the year, have to figure out what that means. Uh, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, and, and yeah. your investing style is a little different than mine, uh, meaning that you're not as conservative as, as I am. And I've learned from you. I've kind of, I feel like I've loosened up because of the, some of the things that you have said. And the point I want to make is whether you're conservative like myself and take six or seven years to, to extend and get out of the W2 world or you're like Adam, you're a little bit more aggressive and you take two and a half years, uh, we'll call it three for easy math. There is a time window for you to get, get past. So, um, just anyway, just wanted to bring that up. But I think it's very interesting. I really liked your timeline. So I asked who made your timeline graphic because yeah. I went through it and kind of paired up. Okay. When did things really start clicking? Okay. I started reading more. I started getting in investing myself, getting in, you know, multiple masterminds. And lo and behold, look what happened over the last three years when I first started joining masterminds and have been in some for three years, some two years, one, one year on what it can look like when you have other people kind of like, oh, don't do that. That's stupid. And plus the fact that I had a business partner. And so I think yeah. leveraging not only the bank, other people's money, but leveraging just your own personal network was, was absolutely huge into what we're doing. And who knows, 2021, we might completely flop and I'll be back at engineering, but so far, so good. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Um, it's funny. That, so the timeline you're talking about, you can find it if you go to w2capitalist.com. Uh, I don't think there's a, there is a direct link, but I don't know it. So there's a start here button at the very top of the landing page. You can see that. That's what Adam's talking about. All right. So let, let's get on to question number two. Um this is from Maria Lee, and and we may have to read into this a little bit because it's it's unclear to me. Maybe maybe it may it may make better sense to you. What are your systems and processes per deal? And then it goes on to ask per deal or per year. All right. So this next question, Adam, is from Maria Lee. Uh, it doesn't. There's some things missing, I think, in it, but I grabbed it the way she asked, word for word. And it was a late submission, um, so I didn't get a chance to ask her for some clarity. But she asked, what are your systems and processes per deal slash per year? Hey guys, I want to take a break from the interview with Adam and let you know about the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. At the very beginning of this episode, I mentioned you can find out more at w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. But right now, I want to point you to w2capitalist.com forward slash events. It's E-V-E-N-T-S w2capitalist.com forward slash event. That's where all the events, all the mastermind calls happen every, uh, you'll get to see when those calls happen, when the webinars happen, when the happy hours happen, all that stuff is right there. So you can get an idea of just how many calls are happening every month when you're part of the W2 Capitalist community. It's w2capitalist.com forward slash events. Now let's get back to the interview with Mr. Adam Zock. Ah, systems and processes. This is on the 2021 docket to probably create better systems and processes because right now, I think with every entrepreneur, it's just whatever you do in your head. And as we started to grow, yes, the website we created to help filter out, educate people so we weren't on the phone all the time. 
And the number one thing that I'm always trying to protect is my time. And if you can do what Perry Marshall calls, which is the uh, rack, the shotgun, he tells this story of he's in a nightclub and under the table, he racks a shotgun and, you know, only 10% of the people turn their head and look around. And he goes, those are the people you don't want to get in a fight with because they know exactly what a gun sounds like. <laughs> it's the other nine that, that, you know, you know, you can win in because they have no idea what it even sounds like. And so for for our marketing or for our processes, we kind of use that rack the shotgun approach where we're, we're we're really filtering out a lot of unnecessary tasks because you can you can do so much movement without any progress that I find myself just constantly running in circles. And all of a sudden you're like, well, we're no better than where we were. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. just progress over perfection and not trying to spin in it. So really the the thing is, yes, we have a niche, but we still try enough different things to stay curious, but we do not, you know, absolutely, you know, fall, fall prey to, you know, picking up the phone call and talking to every single person that, that tries to get to us. We really try to automate, delegate or eliminate if we can. And, and if none of those can happen, then it's, then it falls on us, but we, I'm sure we could do a much better job of hiring out or automating even more. And so I'm by no yeah. means a, a systems expert, but that that's a little bit behind what we do. I, I would, I agree with you. I love that automate, delegate, or eliminate. Uh, did you come up with that? I felt like I've heard that before, though, somewhere. Yeah, there was a there was a might have been from it, you. That's what <laughs> I stole it from a from a TED talk where he he drew like a little maybe upside down funnel where he said okay. the first thing that go into it, he goes, can we just eliminate this thing? And like probably nine out of 10 things you can literally just ignore. And you know what? Life will be just fine. And yeah. I think a lot of us tend to just re myself included, like when I get a text, it's like, oh, I got to respond. I got to do something to it. Like, nope. <laughs> How many times did, if you just didn't respond to an email, all of a sudden the person says, oh, never mind, I found it. And you're like, oh, great you know, the problem just solved itself. And so you're not this firefighter trying to rescue everyone else's problems. You just, yeah. Hey, I'm going to wait 24 hours, you know, to respond to that. <laughs> and then I think the next level of the funnel was uh delegate that if you can push it outside of the funnel and get someone else to do it. And if you really can't do that, you know, automate, it's the best next best thing of, you know, I think he uses the automatic bill pay where, yeah, it takes an extra hour to set up automatic bill pay, but then it saves you five minutes forever. And yeah. eventually you'll come out ahead. And if you can't do any of those, then it's you either decide if you defer or you take action and defer mm -hmm. is what I really like where you're like, Hey, I'm just going to snooze this for 24 hours or a week. And if it's still there, I'm going to run it through the process again to see if I should now <laughs> eliminate it, delegate or automate it. But if it makes it through again, okay, then maybe I'll take an action on it. And I, oh, I, I really like that his uh, model. I, I forget the Ted talk um, th that it was, but that one really hit home for me. I, I love that. I, uh, I'm getting the, the the top of the funnel figured out the stuff below that I'm, I'm still tweaking and polishing, but um, I've been told for a while now, uh, man, you're really hard to get a hold of. Yep. And that, and that could be intentional. That could be very intentional. How, how bad do you want it? Yeah. It's, uh, maybe your follow-up games week. If you ever thought, I don't ever say that, but I'm just like, you know, there's certain things that just happen. And I'm like, like right now this, this guy, he's, uh, we're in the same local Rio. <clears throat> he's, he's trying to raise money. He posts something on that. Like, he's doing this. I raised my hand and now he's like, sent me two messages. The last one was, Hey man, I thought, I thought you, uh, maybe I misunderstood, but I thought you were interested in investing or talking about some deals. Let me know. You know, I'm like, all right. So if you hit me up, maybe the sixth time, I will probably answer to you. Cause now I know you're serious instead of just kicking tires. Right. Sorry, buddy. 
<laughs> if you hear this, um, Nick, I apologize, but uh, anyway, all right. So uh, I love that. Always, I I probably spend more time tweaking and testing on processes than doing anything else, and I've tried to narrow it down <clears throat> to where uh, my whole rule th- my rule is one's an anomaly, two's a pattern, three's a trend. You manage the trends, you pay attention to the patterns. And I try to do that, but then I see things like what you're talking about with automatic bill pay. And if I can set this up, then how much time is it going to save me in the future? And that's kind of bleeds over to, because, you know, the W2 capitalist is such an infant uh, baby and I'm pushing and poking and doing all this other stuff, doing these tests that it really takes away from the, the family, you know, and that's kind of where that bleeds over. And I'm, I'm, you know, my wife and I were getting this comfort, not, they're not confrontation. They're an argument. She knows, but she also likes to pick fun on me or poke fun at me and politely remind me, but, um, I'm setting this up for where I don't have to be as involved in the administrative stuff. Um, yep. but we're and getting we, off the topic of real estate and investing. And when, <laughs> and when you talk about generational wealth, I feel yeah. like you are one of the few individuals who truly care, understand it, and are actively trying to pursue that, which is, yes. which is a very, like some people want wealth, you know, individually, when you say multi-generational wealth, that, that carries, you know, a, a, a whole nother piece of it. And so then when I kind of see members that join, you know, the mastermind that end up staying, you know, myself included for a long time, where it's not just, Hey, every, um, you know, Tom, Dick and Jane can come in just because <laughs> they say, Hey, uh, you know, I'm willing to pay where you're like, no, that, you know, that's not that's the criteria. Not yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, you want to keep, you know, some integrity. So as you, I, I kind of equate that, you know, to the, both the two things of the, the individuals that you're bringing in. And then two on the, you know, on your multi-generational wealth, I see those kind of the same approach where it's the, it's the long game. It is, it is definitely the long game, uh, for sure. It, you know, and the mastermind has encouraged me to surround myself I, I created it to to be around people, right? That are like minded and whatnot, and it's grown into this thing. And 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 a couple, probably several months ago, when I had Mark on the podcast, who does the uh, bank on yourself concept, really, it's a strategy we've you know deployed now to to really create that bank on yourself, or uh, excuse me, generational wealth concept. I was like, why why aren't I around people who just talk about money? Like why I'm not in a mastermind who where people would not only talk about real estate investing, that's one vehicle, right? But once you have the money, what do you do with it? And it, you know, just conversations with him and him alone is like, all right, how do we set this up so that our kids are not just trust funds, spoiled little brats, right? Like they have to be a productive member of society. And there's a whole thing that we have to go through, right? As we're building this and setting it up, it doesn't happen on day one because, you know, life's going to change between now and the event where that's all going to happen, right? At, at the at death. But um, it's, he and I have had some conversations about it and I'm like, just blown that this is some of the stuff you can do. And this is how the Rockefellers were able to do it and all this other stuff. So it's just, it's incredible. Um, on, on that but, piece, if I, if I could ask you a question, like when, as I'm thinking about goals and as I had these individual strategies, I was sometimes torn between selfish motivating goals and generous, mm-hmm. like long-term fulfillment goals. And, and what, by that, I mean, you know, I want what I want and there's like, <laughs> you know, it's pretty hard to change that whether they're selfish or not, you know, those can be some pretty strong motivators. And so for my story, I was extremely selfish in the beginning. I wanted passive income and that was it. Like I, 
no, nothing more creative than that. And I think that that's fine for people to actually start somewhere. I know the famous Jim, Jim Carrey quote, he goes, I wish everyone come rich and famous. So they realize that, you know, that's not the end all, but everybody wants to figure it out for themselves, right? Nobody wants yeah. to just take somebody's word for it. Yeah. And so I, I think as people are, are, are going into that, and I'm kind of curious your perspective too, on being, being self-motivated enough and just be like, Hey, you know, Jay, it'd be, it'd be really nice if my grandkids were like, Hey, thanks for the, you know, for, for setting me up. And now I can, you know, become the next, you know, Rockefeller, you know, style thing where you're like, Oh, that, you know, that helps me. But at the same time, you're like, you know, really, I do want them to be helping other people and kind of toying between those two on the motivation yeah. versus the long-term fulfillment. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's one of the things that I try to impress with my kids and they're still pretty young. The six-year-old, he's starting to understand, Hey, you know, daddy's working. Hang on a minute. And, and set your goals. Like, is it, is it a little bit selfish and setting the motivation goals yourself? Or is it truly like, Hey, you know what? I really want to do this for my, for my, you know, kids and for others and how, gotcha. you know, just as being a human being, we're, we're selfish creatures to begin with and how yeah. you maybe combat those two. Um, you, you know, I think there was something in, and I don't remember this, when this event happened, it may have been when the first kid was on the way or whatnot, but I, I no longer, I, I went, I mean, I still have some selfish tendencies, but like, I don't take a whole, I don't take a whole lot to operate. My wife and I, we were joking about, um, you know, living in quarantine times. Like I've got a couple of t-shirts that I, you know, go back and forth. I actually have on jeans today. Cause we're about to go to this closing. Most of the time it's like sweatpants or a shorts, you know, and bless her heart. I don't have, I don't have a whole lot. It doesn't take a whole lot for me to do. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I drive a, um, how old is my truck? 10 year old truck. Um, you know, I, I don't take, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm frugal, but I, I definitely don't like I have an iPhone seven. What's the latest version is out 12, you know, the seat that I'm sitting in, um, it is a little over 15 years old. It broke the other day. So I went to Amazon and found the parts and ordered it and <laughs> for 50 bucks, I had it fixed, you know? And, and so I, I don't, and that is one thing my wife has told me is that, Hey, you don't, you need to like spoil yourself every now and then, like you need to do something. I was like, well, it's, it's rewarding for me to see you guys be able to do what we do. Um, and, and not, that's kind of my reward, right? I don't have to have all this flashy stuff. Um, and I, you, you get more I, of the helpers high. I, yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of the, of, of the, of it called that, but I know instantly what you mean by that. And, and I do. And I, um, you know, I've been, I don't know if it's cause I've been drinking the Kool-Aid for so long or telling a story to myself for so long of about building generational wealth for 300 years of generational wealth. And the closer I get to that story, the more ridiculous I see how that goal is and how far behind I am in building that. And now I'm like, okay, now shit, I gotta, I gotta pour, pour gas on this fire right now. Cause this, this not going, uh, I'm behind, I'm behind the eight ball. If I look at life expectancy and longevity, um, we got to do some exponential growth for me to become anywhere close to that, which, you know, a lot of guys, when they finally get their head straight and, and their head put on correctly, like, a, you know, around the year 40, they, they start doing that. Right. And what's, what's so, fun to hear is I'm sure somebody's listening to this podcast and like, Oh, if I was just in Jay's shoes, I'd be, you know, I'd be done. And you know, that that's oh, yeah. all, yeah. all I really want is, is X amount passive income. And that's all I would do. 
And, you know, which is, which is fun, funny because I think Jim, yeah. Jim Rohn will quote it and be like, oh, maybe that's why the, you know, the good Lord sees to it that you don't get there and stop. You know, I'm going to give yeah. that to someone else <laughs> that chooses to continue to do something more with that. So when you have your big, hairy, audacious goals, like that's super inspiring where you're like, hey, this is where I'm at. But we're, you know, for yourself, holding yourself to that high of a standard is, is really inspiring because then it's like, okay, there, there really isn't a, you know, an end goal here, or if there now is, it's such yeah. a big one that I'm not even going to be able to achieve it, but I'm sure going to strive for it. Yeah. I'll, I'll never, and you know, I heard, you know, growing up, we always had, they set your goals, you got your new new year's resolution, whatever. And I always heard people talk about set a goal so big that you will never reach it. I'm like, well, that's, that's dumb. <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense. And again, it's one of those things that kind of finally clicked for me as I get a little older and, you know, I was like, oh, no, this totally makes sense. Now I get it. Um, you know, you, you kick this thing off talking about being addicted to growth. And it is once you realize what you can accomplish and how big you can go, then you, you do have this addiction kind of, I don't there's probably some chemical that our body produces that, you know, um, what's it? Oh man, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought. But the point the being is that, dump. yeah, the dopamine dump, uh, it, it, it's just, it, like you look at where I'm at now versus where I was five years ago, I'm a totally different person, right? Because of it. Well, yeah, five years ago. And we had already started investing in then, right? And my, my goal then at the time was I want to buy, I want to buy enough real estate so that we can live rent free. We just wanted somebody to be able to pay our mortgage, right? From all the properties that we had. Well, then it got into, okay, let's, let's take another step. And now we're at the step of how big can we really go? You know? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I used to struggle with the selfishness piece, but I don't anymore. I don't think I don't I think currently. I, <laughs> sure. <laughs> when when you when you first started to be able to pay the rent, that that's kind of where I was at. Where it was like, hey, I want, yeah. you know, I I need a little bit of cash flow so that you know I could potentially quit the job. But that 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 was a really um almost fundamental change where I had always identified myself as an engineer, and now yeah. if I'm not going to identify myself, like there's a little bit of an identity crisis of like, hey, yeah. what what's the, what's now the third hat? Like if I'm just doing family man real estate, like I feel like there's something else, and am I missing something else, or is it just those two, or or what it looks like? So I, I I'm a I'm a huge fan of setting goals and and doing the discipline to get there. You know, then that's something a lot of people don't talk about who make this jump to the other other side of the W2 world is that there, and I love how you labeled it, there is an identity crisis. I feel like at times I'm still going through that. Um, again, the voice of reason that my better half will remind me that we're self-employed and I don't have to work <laughs> set hours and I should be able to set my own schedule. Even my six-year-old the other day, yesterday, we re I recorded a podcast and he was wanting me to play with him. He goes, but dad, isn't, isn't it your podcast? Can't you set the time of when it's recorded? And I was like, Yes, and I do, and it's right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's there is you know especially it doesn't matter how long you've been in the W two world you're essentially trained to do a W two job from the day you go to kindergarten right hey you got to be here at a certain time you're gonna be here all day we're gonna give you a lunch break and then at the end of the day you're gonna go home and you're gonna take a little bit of your work home with you right? So from the time you're in the kindergarten to the time you, you know, enter the workforce, you're doing the same thing essentially. And, uh, it's just, you know, for me, that was, that was close to 35 years of being indoctrinated that here I am seven months, 
past my leaving the W2 world. Now I was pushed and I am thankful for that push, but I still, I still struggle with that. I, you know, there are days where I'm like, start having these minor anxiety attacks. Cause I think I'm not doing something that I should be doing and I haven't thought about yet. Right. Yeah. I, and I wonder, I struggle with that as well. Like w- when I think about what the W2 has done or what school has done, a lot of me is like this rebellion and, you know, want to fight, fight <laughs> against the system and be like, no, that's dumb. And then on the other hand, you're like, okay, well, knowing everything that I went through, I'm in a pretty grateful position. So did it, did it serve its purpose? Maybe a lot of people get stuck in the rat race and that is, that is the problem. Yeah. But when I think of myself and somebody's like, well, you're no longer a W2 capitalist, like you're going to be exiting that. But I think I served <laughs> I think the W-2 served itself as a W-2 capitalist for the 10 years that it has as an engineer. Like, what have I been able to get any amount of the commercial loans, the real estate, the income to do all this stuff without a W-2? Absolutely not. And so leveraging that to to what you want to do in life, some people leverage it to buy a bigger house, a car, trips, a second house, and that's what they're leveraging their W-2. Other people are leveraging a W-2 to create their own financial freedom. Yep, absolutely. I could talk about that all. I, I was going to play devil's advocate there and say, but what if, <laughs> what if you didn't go on the W2 world and, and it made you accomplish this faster? Don't I know. believe it. Right. Yeah. I could believe it. <laughs> all right, man. We got two more questions from the community here. One is from Tom Latuga. He, he just joined the mastermind, which might be the quickest somebody's ever joined a mastermind and then closed on property. He's in your, your virtual session, the group that you lead. So I, I'm a little jealous of that, by the way, that it, like he came in, it was like one week. He's like, all right, I'm closing on property and you got one under contract or close it or whatever. His, his question is though, what's your mag, magic number or formula for reserves? It's changed with time and my perfect answer in an ideal world, it is access to capital without paying interest on it. And you know, whether that's the bank on yourself, whether that's a HELOC, whether that's a private money lender, I like to have leveraged my own capital as much as I can. And if something goes wrong, I want the access to it without having to pay for it. And so that to me is, is a great sweet spot. Now, if you have, you know, multi-million dollars of real estate, you're like, okay, I should probably have six months reserve. If you're just starting out, you want to make sure that a, that a water heater doesn't, you know, bankrupt you and you can't make the mortgage or whatever. Um, but to me, I really like that formula of, okay, look at maybe, maybe it's three months or six months. Can I just get quick access to that by pulling a HELOC at 4% and that just floats me during emergencies, but I'm not constantly paying, you know, a private money loan at 10% just to have that safety net. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, with the Adam, I, cash of some for savings bank on yourself. Um, I, I typically have a, uh, for all of our single family, the multifamilies, like you're talking about the big guys, the banks are going to ensure that you have those reserves in their bank so they can keep an eye on them. Um, <clears throat> and keep an eye, you know, it just helps them keep an eye on the asset a little bit better. But for our single families, we, we typically cap off at six months of our operating expenses. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll do the whole trim VC, which is my way of calculating cash flow and all those expenses times it by it, monthly expenses times it by six. That's our number. That's where we, we cap ours off. And then um, I've got one last question here. See if we got time to get to it. I know you got to go. 
What do evictions and foreclosures look like on your part? Have you ever, you ever had to do evic eviction or foreclosure? We've done multiple evictions, no foreclosure. So on okay. our part, that's a really good question because we're buying homes for people and selling it to them on lease options or contract for deeds. Have had to evict someone on our lease options. And that was the very first one we did because we just thought that we could buy a property, fix it up and list it at whatever we want and that we wouldn't screen anyone. We didn't use like the screening process. So it was, <laughs> it was like all the things not to do. And that could have just been a rental, you know, as opposed to a lease option. But a lease option in most states is an eviction and a contract for deed is arguably either an eviction or foreclosure. But because title doesn't change, you can sometimes get away with it. Now, depending on which state you're in, sometimes a foreclosure is actually easier than an eviction, believe it or not. So like wow. in North Dakota, foreclosure is a minimum of six months to have them rectify the payments. Whereas in Minnesota, it's something like they have six weeks and they're, and they're gone, <laughs> which is, which can be even faster than the moratorium on you know evictions Eviction. getting out. Yeah. And so um, I, I know a couple of people that are like, I'm only doing contract for deeds in Minnesota and only lease options in North Dakota. And there's different tax benefits with it too. But luckily have never had to um, foreclose on someone. And the only eviction we've ever had to do was on our very first one that we didn't actually put through any screening and they played the faith card. They played that we were saving them. Turns out that they just got evicted from their last place. And what a, what a great lesson to learn on no matter yep. what someone's story is, always verify, always verify. Yeah. Trust, but verify, always do a background check if you're managing these properties yourself. Um, great stuff, Adam. I know you got to go, buddy. Where can people find out more about you and what you got going on with Set Your Rent? Sure. Uh, the easiest way is just go to setyourrent.com. You can send us an email at homes at setyourrent.com. Otherwise, uh, feel free to, I think on there, we even have like our 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 cell number on there if you want to drop a line or send us an email or and we're we're also on Facebook and YouTube. Awesome. So, and you also lead the uh, single family buy and hold virtual session uh, for the mastermind for the W two Capitalist Mastermind. And if folks are interested in learning more about that and connecting with Adam that way, you can go to w two capitalistcom forward slash events, and you can see when all those calls happen throughout the month. We've got over like twenty calls now, which is freaking incredible. So I'm Adam, excited as well because not only is yeah. Tom about to, you know getting his next property, <laughs> but we got maybe another one or two in there that might get a get another deal under contract. So if you're looking at nice. kind of get getting the next one, um, whether that's you know my my call or or some of the other multi or other other niche calls, great group of individuals. Absolutely. And the last question, I don't think I mentioned this, but it came from a mastermind member, Brody Huffoaks, which thank you, Brody. Appreciate that, buddy. Adam, thank you, sir. I will talk to you again very soon. I hope you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year if I don't see you before um, before then. You as well. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, buddy. Have safe, safe with your family. We'll see you. Take care. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode, this Ask Me Anything episode with Mr. Adam Zock. I owe you a couple of links, right? To the very beginning, we talked about the bank on yourself concept. I want to introduce you to Mark. I want you to get connected with him. To connect with Mark and see if the bank on yourself concept is right for you, you can schedule your free 15-minute consultation at w2capitalist.com forward slash bank. And for more on the mastermind, w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. Here is what I recommend is your next steps. Number one, connect with Adam. He is primarily out hanging out on, on Facebook. Uh, it just has amazing, amazing uh, info to share with you. It's always willing to just 
to talk, say what's on his mind, right? The second step I recommend is you take your take from here is come join us in the W2 Capitalist communities, w2capitalist.com forward slash community, and let me know what resonated with you during this episode. You can do that publicly in the community, w2capitalist.com forward slash community, or you can email me directly, j at w2capitalist.com, right? And if you haven't done so just yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button here on your podcast player. And don't forget to go out and earn, invest, repair.